Merry Christmas. How y'all doing tonight? Wonderful, good, highly motivated, cold. Who said cold? Man, they're right there, I know. You know, you, you know I'm from Florida, so you know I know it's cold. Because we're definitely not used to this. Now all these people from up north are like, you know, all of a sudden you're breaking out winter coats that you haven't worn since like, you know, 1930s when you were up north. You know, down here we got like thin hoodies that we wear. And we got to put on extra hoodies when it gets cold for these, you know, two, three days a year. So, hey, we're glad you're here in the house. We're, we're glad that you joined us here on Christmas Eve. And, and as we talk about Christmas, is there anyone in the room that's kind of like me that, you know, when you do Christmas, it's just got to be done right? You know, it, it's got to be perfect. Or at least what we think is perfect. You know, we, we try and do the right decorations and the right tree and and we want everyone to be happy, and, and we don't want to get anyone upset. Is there anyone else out there like me? Does it ever really work that way? No. You know, that's what we hope for. We, we have this hope that it's going to be perfect. And, and we go out, and unfortunately, we spend money that we don't have on people we really don't like to get them things that they really don't need or want. <laughs> Makes sense? Makes sense? Because we do. We do spend money that we don't have for people that we really don't care about just to try and make them happy. And, and, and unfortunately, as we try and make things right in our own self, we generally fail. We, we fail at doing it. We don't get it done right. And, and in today, today's scripture, we're actually going to look at a piece of scripture that a lot might not say, you know, Pastor, that's really not a Christmas scripture. But I think it tells us how to do Christmas right. It gives us the basis for what Christmas really is, and it's not in Matthew, and it's not in Luke. We're going to be in John chapter 1 today. So if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to open it up to John chapter 1. And what we're going to see here today is, is that the Apostle John, his Christmas story is a little different. He doesn't talk about angels. He doesn't talk about a manger. There's no wise men involved. There's, there's none of that. But what he does is truly tells us the reason for the season. He tells us why we come to celebrate Christmas in a very practical sense. So, so if you have your Bible, I would encourage you just, like I said, we're going to be in John chapter 1. And as we look to do Christmas right, we need to remember that we're helpless to save ourselves. And in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus to save us. And without Jesus coming to this earth, we wouldn't be here today. Because he had to be born in order to have a resurrection. He had to be born in order to die. And understand, no matter what happens to us in this next year and the year to come, we need to live with the confidence that God is present in our lives, in everything that we do. So if you have your Bibles, like I said, John chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 1 through 5. If you don't have one with you, don't worry about it. We'll be up here on the screen, and let's dig in. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. 
So, Heavenly Father, as we dig in on this Christmas Eve, as, as we look into your word, Lord, I ask that you open our ears that we shall hear, open our hearts to receive. And Lord, may my words be your words, and may your name be glorified, and make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. So, how many people get distracted on Christmas? Huh? Just a chuckle? Distractions all around us, isn't it? I mean, you think about between personalities that we have to deal with, and some people, you know, we all got that Uncle Bob. You know, we all got that uncle that comes in, and we got to deal with his personality. But then we also have to deal with all the presents, and we have to deal with all these practices or traditions that we do each and every year. And, and I think we got to understand that, in fact, most of what we do for Christmas is pagan rituals from the past. Most of what we physically do for Christmas is pagan rituals or stuff that the Christian church has stole from someplace else. You know, the reason that we come is to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But unfortunately, in today's world, in today's society, it's commercialized so much that we go so beyond what it really is or what it should be about to worry about everything else. And I think as we look at this, the very beginning of this scripture, it tells us what Christmas is all about. In the beginning was the word. So we know who is the word or what is the word. Later in this chapter in John 1 verse 14, it actually says the one and only son from the father. So we know that the word was from the beginning. Now understand this doesn't mean that it had a beginning or that it had an end. The word was always there. It was always there. It always has been there. It always will be there in the future. It doesn't constitute that it actually began on that day. It was always there, was always prevalent. And so you could almost, if you look at the way, it, what it actually means, it could almost read like this. In the beginning was the word, is the word, and always will be the word. Because the word is eternal. It's always been, it always will be. And before there was anything else on this earth, in the, around, the word was there. So if you think about it, the word came before fill in the blank. Whatever you can honestly think of to fill in that blank, Jesus was there before it. He was there before. And understand, Jesus was never considered plan B. Jesus was always the plan. There was never this plan B, hey, if this don't work out, then we'll do this. And hey, if this don't work out, we're going to do this. Jesus was always the plan. He's always was there, he always will be there, and he'll always be there in the future. So there was no plan B with him. And I thought it was interesting, I was reading an article, and it kind of, it talked about a mailman who had lost his wife. He had lost his wife a couple months before Christmas, and he'd been working a lot of hours trying to just, you know, hey, if I stay busy, then I won't think about it. And he never really took the time to grieve, and, and he was in the post office late coming up on Christmas, and, you know, he, he really said, you know, I got to go home, but I got all this work to do. And he was sorting through all these letters to find out, you know, hey, where should they be rerouted to? These are all letters that didn't work out right. And, and he came across a letter that said, Santa Claus. And when he looked at the letter and he looked in the top corner, the return address was his address. 
So he opened it up and he immediately looked, and the signature at the bottom was from his only daughter. And in the letter, she actually said this, Dear Santa, my mommy died two months ago, and since then my daddy has been crying himself to sleep every night. He says only eternity will heal him. Would you please send a little bit of eternity to my dad on Christmas? That is exactly what God did when he sent Jesus. He sent a little bit of eternity to each one of us to give us that hope, to give us that future, to give us that chance to continue to move forward in our lives each and every day. In, in, in his epistle, the apostle John actually said this in 1 John 4, 14, and we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Jesus came to save the world. He came to give us that little piece of eternity here on earth, to give us hope when we feel hopeless, to give us joy when we don't feel like there's joy, to be that ever-present Savior in our lives each and every day. Uh, you know, I think he's called the Word here because if you actually look at Word, the Word is a visible expression of an invisible thought. When we speak, it's an expression of something we're thinking. And it applies it to it. And that's exactly what Jesus is. Jesus is that incarnate word of God. He is that expression of an invisible thought of God. And he allows us to be a part of it. And he's that perfect expression of who God is, who God was, and who God will be. And it's that perfect expression that each one of us can hold on to in this Christmas time, in this Christmas season, and well on beyond that. He is God in human form. He came to earth, was willing to die on a cross for us, and, and as you look at it, it really shows the whole triune nat nature of our God. You know, we all know God is three in one. The word Jesus is one of those manifestations. The statement and the word was God is the clear statement of the deity of Jesus in the Bible. Not only was he the son of God, but he is God. And that's who we are able to put our hope in on Christmas. He is the reason for the season. We're very quick to say, hey, keep Christ in Christmas. But do we really in our own selves keep Christ in Christmas? Or do we get so caught up in trying to do things right and trying to do things in our own power that we totally put Christ to the side and it becomes about Kenmas or maybe Mikemas or maybe Johnness? You know, because we all worry about what ourselves is. So instead of putting Christ back in Christmas, we put ourselves. And we try and make things right and we try and do these things right in the world. And all we do is mess them up more and more. Think about this, the creator of the earth, the creator of the cosmos, stepped into creation himself. So he created the world, he created everything, and then realized that, hey, I need to send a savior into this world. So the creator became part of creation. It makes a whole different thought when you think of that little baby in the manger. The one who created everything stepped into what he created to save us. He did that because he loves us immensely. 
He does that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how bad you think you've messed it up. He still loves you. He still loves each one of us, and there's nothing we can do to make him love us more. And all he wants from us is for us to acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. We celebrate once a year Christmas. We celebrate it because he came, the Savior came in the flesh for each one of us. We need to continue to to look at that each and every day. And don't worry about if we're right. Don't worry about if it's perfect. Don't worry about if it's what you thought it should be. Because he's in control anyways. Everything we do, everything we say, ultimately it's his control. He's going to do what he wants to do, and it's going to be his will that works it out in the end. The angel said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. They were announcing the birth of God as human flesh. Bled like we bled. Hurt like we hurt. Cried like we cried. Lived a life like we do except sinless. Everything he did as he was in the flesh, he proved more and more that he was God. You know, I think it's interesting, you know, we, none of us could ever say, I and the Father are one. There's not a person in this room that can say, I and the Father is one, but Jesus couldn't. He could say 100% sure that he and the Father were one. And throughout his life here on earth, he proved his deity with the Father from him, from the simple words of peace be still, to rise up and walk, to calling on his friend Lazarus, come out, to tell the woman in adultery, your sins are forgiven. And the final words on the cross, it is finished. The truth is he constantly displayed his deity with his heavenly father. He alone is the person of Christmas. He alone is the only one who can make Christmas right. That's why we come to celebrate Christmas. Because he loved you that much. Some of us, if I asked you, you know what, what's the greatest manifestation of God's power? Some of you may say creation in itself. Some of you may talk about his miracles. Some of you may talk about uh, the cross. Others may center it on the resurrection. When it comes to me and looking at the power of God, it's the expression of the moment he came into this world as a human being. He came into this world knowing that the only way he could save us was to be in the world with us. Now think about that. An all-knowing God has the power to do everything, came to this earth so we can eventually have salvation through him when he willingly went to a cross to die for us. The Savior comes. He was the Word. He is the Word. He is the light of the world. He brings light into the darkness. And it just fathoms me that people in this world today don't believe. They don't believe. Oh, they, no way. It was a big bang. Yes, it was. 
It was the big bang when God said, let it be. Let there be, bang. There was a bang. But when you actually look at, think of the smallest, you know, the, the world, everything is based off of an atom. An atom is so small, it's 100, 150 millionth of an inch in diameter. That's how small it is. It is the smallest thing. It does everything. And if you were to take all the molecules and atoms in a single drop of water and turn them to sand, you could build a road one mile wide, one foot deep from San Francisco to New York. Think about that. And you want to take it even further, there's 120 drops of water in a teaspoon. That's a whole lot of stuff in that little thing. And then you take your time and you look at it and understand how many billion atoms are in one part of a cell inside the human body. But bang, everything came into existence. And then you sit there and you look and you say, well, okay, well, I understand, but maybe there's another thing. You look at the galaxy, you look at Earth, Earth spins on an axis around the sun and not a perfect circle, deflected by other planets where it's pulled and everything else, and we're always the perfect distance from the sun to be able to live and breathe. If God's not in control, who is? There's got to be something bigger. There's got to be this creator, and that creator is God himself and Jesus Christ. He is the reason and the power behind Christmas. Christmas isn't about trees and tinsels. It's not about packages and boxes. It's not about parties. It's not about mistletoes. It's about Jesus. But man, we get caught up in everything else, don't we? We get caught up and want it to be right. That bow's got to be perfect on that present. I've got to get the perfect present for the most imperfect person in my life just so that they can be happy. And that's what we go through. We will put that much pressure on ourselves, and it has nothing to do with any of that. The greatest gift you could ever give Jesus and the greatest gift you could ever give anyone on Christmas Day is tell someone about your Jesus and have that person accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what he would like for Christmas. He would like you to acknowledge him as your Savior, as the one who's going to lead you and guide you and take you through the rest of this life. That's what he came here for. But we will worry about so many other things. We get so caught up in everything else in this life, and we need to remember that he is the reason for the season. He is the maker of all of creation. And not only did he make the universe, he is the power that holds it all together. There's nothing on earth that we can do. You think about anything that we as human beings have made, we always got to have a new and improved model because the old model really didn't work right. There's no new and improved model of earth until we get the new heaven and the new earth in the end. Remember, Jesus wasn't a second thought. He wasn't a plan B. From the beginning, he was with God, and he is God, and everything was created in and through him. He knit you in your mother's womb. He knows you intimately. And all he wants from you is you to acknowledge him and for you to live your life for him 
and to remember he's the reason for the season. He is the reason that we get up and we come out on Christmas Eve. He should be the reason we get up and come out on Christmas Day. It's not about the presents. It's not about a Christmas story watching Ralphie shoot his eye out. It's about Jesus. And I think so many times we forget about Jesus in the whole process. You know, we, we forget that Jesus is actually the reason for the season. You know, he's almost like our plan B. Well, I know I got to go to church on Christmas Eve, but I, I did my part. You know, he's not about us checking off lists, and you guys have heard me say it before. He don't want us to check a list. He, he wants us to be there for him just like he's been there for us. He wants us to be obedient to what he calls us to do and actually do it. It's so easy for us to say something and then not do it. He never went back on his word. He says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. So no matter what you're going through, he's always going to be there for you. He is the perfect gift on Christmas. He is the perfect gift on Christmas. He's the power of Christmas. He's the God in the manger. He's the reason we celebrate. He flung the doors off of salvation and opened it up for us to be able to walk in, ask for forgiveness, and live a life for him. And if you notice, he doesn't care who you are, what you've done, what your past is. He's not going to push anyone to the side. He's not going to tell anyone you're not welcome. He's going to welcome you in with open arms. Why can't we do that? Why do we judge so much? Why can't we be more like Jesus? As Christ followers, that's what we should be, right? We'll tell people, oh, you can't come in here. We'll push people to the side. Oh, your lifestyle's wrong. Well, that's okay. Jesus can change everybody. Think about you. Jesus changed you. And some of us, he changed more than others. A lot more than others. <laughs> so if he can change you, he can change anybody. But it's up to us to be willing to open that same door that he opened for us. If he opened the doors for salvation, why don't we open the doors for people to get saved? Why won't we open the doors and tell them about our Jesus? Why won't we say, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus because this is who I was. Man, I was messed up. I was jacked up. I did so many bad things in my life. You should have seen the life I was living. And then this day I met him. And I made him the Lord of my life. Let's talk about what he's done. And if there's anyone in your life that knew you when you were way over there, and then they see you when you're over here, the first thing they're going to be is, what's different? Man, what's different about you? And you're going to be able to tell them, my Savior came. My Savior came to earth. He came, he walked on this earth as a sinless human being. He died on a cross for my salvation, 
and I invited him into my life, and he has radically changed my world. Yeah, I'm still a sinner. I still mess up. But man, I ain't that one I used to be. Christmas is more than presents. How many watched, uh, probably every one of us, how many of y'all have ever seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Great movie, isn't it? I happen to love, the, love How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's like one of, my, one of my favorite Christmas stories besides Ralphie shooting his eye out. But if you ever watched it, did you notice what happened to the Who's down in Whoville? They woke up on Christmas morning, and everything was gone. All the trees were gone. Their refrigerators were bare. There were no presents. There was absolutely nothing at all. And the Who's still gathered in the square. They joined hands, and they sang. And as they were singing in Whoville, the Grinch actually come to his realization, and he said this right here. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? Christmas means a lot more than our packages. It means a lot more than our presents. It means a lot more than these manufactured things we got here on earth. Because Jesus manufactured a gift of grace for each and every one of us. That's the more that Christmas is about. That's how we get Christmas right. We celebrate him who came. We celebrate the Savior who came to this earth, down to this earth for us. I think it's interesting, you know, as a, someone who's in the military, I like reading a lot of old military um, commentaries and different things. And, and I remember reading these particular accounts of celebrations during the First World War. And, and it described that across these battle lines, that although they were enemies and they were fiercely fighting and shooting at each other, on Christmas they began sharing food, singing hymns, and spending time at rest with each other. And there was a correspondence from Henry Williamson, and he recalled a ceasefire on the Western Front on Christmas Day of 1914. And in a letter to his mother, he wrote this, On Christmas Eve, both armies sang carols and cheered, and there was very little firing. Later, after the war reflected on, he expressed this, yet we still hope, those who were there, the living and the dead, that the vision of peace we live during those few rare hours may be made real and everlasting. You see, the birth of Jesus happened to us and for us, and it's a call that to celebrate that transcends so many different things. It transcends countries and boundaries and, and circumstances because everyone celebrates Christmas. Not everyone celebrates it for the same reason, but everyone celebrates Christmas. They put up a tree, they put up lights, and there's toys under the tree on Christmas. And I think many families on Christmas Day forget the reason for the season and they don't take that time to actually celebrate Jesus. We're actually celebrating his birthday. How would you like to have a birthday party and no one brought you presents? Think about it. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. We're celebrating his birthday. The creator of the universe, the one who came to save us, and we totally forget about him to try and make other people happy. Give the greatest gift 
this holiday season and give someone the gift of Jesus. Give someone the gift of Jesus this year. Stopping to celebrate Jesus is one of the ways that we can acknowledge our gratitude and receive, understand the receipt to that salvation that we have. And I think as we take time to celebrate him, each of y'all should have got a candle when you came in. I encourage you to go ahead and turn it on. And what we're going to do is <clears throat> we're going to have one last worship song. Wow, just in time. We're going to have one last worship song. After the worship song, I'm going to come up and I'm going to close us out. But as we take time in this time of worship, I want to encourage you to really remember the reason for the season. And remember that the Savior came for you. over his kingdom 
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Christ the Savior is born. <clears throat> he came to this earth for each one of us. And I want to encourage you if you're here today and you're one of those people that, you know, Pastor, I, I'm messed up. I am jacked up. And, and he would never accept me. I want you to understand that his word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So if you look to your left or your right, the person next to you, guess what? They're a sinner also. So you're going to be in good company because we're all sinners and we all fall short to include me. But yet God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. And God's word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. That's why the Savior came. He came so that you confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and that you could believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Without a birth, there'd be no resurrection. Without the resurrection, we would not care about the birth. So if you've never accepted Jesus, I encourage you, as after I'm done praying and I dismiss everyone, as, as everyone's going out the back, go ahead and swim upstream. Go ahead and come up front. And I'll be up front and we can talk about it and pray about it and welcome you to our messed up, jacked up family. And maybe if you've looked at Christmas as about presents and trees and toys and, and trying to get it right and you've stressed all this time to get it right, maybe this is the time to give it back to the reason for the season. Give it back to the creator who became part of his own creation because he loved you that much. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today on this Christmas Eve as, as we celebrate your coming. Lord, you created everything. And Lord, there is no second chance. There is no plan B. Lord, you knew from the beginning that you would have to come and rely on a human mother live a life on this earth and die on a cross for us in order to bring us salvation and bring us in a right relationship with you. 
So, Lord, as we take this time, may, may we truly remember you on Christmas. As Christ followers, we're quick to say, keep you in Christmas. So, Lord, may we remember you, not only here on Christmas Eve, but tomorrow on Christmas Day and every day past. Because, Lord, you are the reason that we get up every day. It's not just one day a year. And, Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, Lord, I just ask that they make that move while everyone else is leaving, that they'll be bold enough to come forward and give you the greatest gift, and that is they're relying on you. So, Lord, I ask that you continue to be with us, continue to speak to us, speak through us. And, Lord, bring people into our lives that we can tell about our Jesus so that we can tell more people about you. And, Lord, may you continue to keep us safe and keep our focus on you. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Go and serve the Lord. Have a Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give. Um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church. And especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.
breaks the dawn of salvation.